Hello. We are glad you found us. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to When Life Attacks. Don't remember where I was I realized life was a game More seriously I took things The harder the rules became No idea what it cost My life passed before my eyes I found out how little I accomplished All my plans tonight So as you read this, no, my friends I'd love to stay with you all How you doing out there, lifers? We survived Halloween. Barely. It, uh, what do we go to, Jim? Uh, Six, I don't think seven w- in the morning? Once it's the next day and the sun's up and people have gone to work, I don't, you, you, just, you didn't stop. No. No. I kept going through the next day. I fucking burned ramen noodles. I was so fucking tired. I just like started boiling the water and I said, fuck it. Next thing I know, like, fucking house is just filled with smoke. Roommates, um, the roommates had a bonfire going outside, but they were so fucking stoned. Like, they were like, is that coming from the outside? Like, is the bonfire getting in? Man, maybe we should close the door or something. It's like, no, fucking open them. Crack a fucking window, too. My wife's comments the next morning were so great because she's like, uh, who brings a one seven five to a party? <laughs> Obi Wan does that. That would be Obi Wan. And then she said, uh, "Did did Travis drink all of his beer? I think so. Yeah, yeah. he drank a twelve pack. It's like, yeah, yeah. Grown man like me, I can drink a twelve pack." She just shook her head. It's like you fucking morons. <laughs> you know what? The the funny thing is, is okay. Your wife. Yeah, I'm making quotes with my so. I've now been to a couple of your family events. Mm-hmm. I think you're making her up. I have yet to actually meet her eye to eye. Like I saw something on the couch. Right. Like, oh, hey, this doll over there. And I kind of saw like maybe an arm go up. Mm-hmm. For all I know, it's like one of your 20 sisters. <laughs> so we are not referring to any of my sisters as my <laughs> wife's pet name doll. That would so, be supremely fucked up. I'm just, you know, maybe you were just like, just pretend, pretend you're my wife for tonight. Okay. I got to look cool in front of the fellas. So she's heard so many shows and heard you so many times that now she's afraid to like really interact because she's kind of shy. <laughs> okay. So yeah, and then she 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 was just not into the whole. Uh, yeah, I literally game. I did not like see her at all. I did not see her face. I have yet to see her face. So at this point, I'm going to just call her your alleged wife. That's fine. Okay, I'll do I'll do a little better when I'm out in public. I can I can be more you know coy with uh with the women it's my alleged wife yeah i don't really have a wife (laughs) i know she'd appreciate that (laughs) if this wife actually exists this alleged wife oh yeah she'd probably fucking love that you met the danif though huh god man she was all over you fuck yeah just a little creature that she is oh tiny creature yeah yeah it doesn't remind me of a fucking full-grown raptor at all she did love you though she did you know she loved loved her back 
Oh, yeah, she was. She grew on me. You know, she grew on me as the night went on. Did like you, when she, you know, when she got the hyperness out and the mellowness started kicking in. You mean when you slept with her all night? Yeah, that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was it? Me? I thought she slept more with Obi. No, no, she slept with you. Obi oh. was just up all night counting the seconds until he could legally drive to his own house. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, so you've got us here for something. What are we here for? This yeah. Week, so dude? we're here to talk a little music here. Um, and uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, Mark, what's going on? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're uh, joined today um, by Mark Bizard. Uh You'll know him from our show as uh, the guitarist from Baby Island, good old friend of mine. Mark, how was your Halloween? It was, it was, um, it, we carved a pumpkin, you know, <laughs> um, we don't, we, we live kind of in the woods, it's really kind of, we live on 10 acres in the woods and, uh, no kids really come along to knock on the door and get candy or anything like that. You've so, got to have like the scary house. You know, it, it was built in ninth, some, somewhere between 1912 and 1917, excuse me, 1912, 1912 and 1917, uh, by a Finnish, uh, tree farmer. Um, there's a whole story that goes along with that, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's got a lot of vibe. What can I say? But, uh, yeah, you know, he's in a fucking <laughs> band, right? My house was built in the <laughs> early part of the 20th century by a Finnish fisherman. I believe he was a wood farmer. <laughs> fucking, and <laughs> fucking art people. <laughs> the acoustics are just amazing. No, um, you know, we, we, you know, what we watched, we watched Disney's Halloween tree on YouTube. Disney's um, Halloween tree. On, we watched a nightmare on Elm street three. Oh yeah, and nice. Jim Jim watched me cry like a little bitch when the punk <laughs> when the punk rock chick gets killed, man. I just can't take it every time. She was my favorite. It felt predictable. Yeah, yeah, but he cheated, you know. And they're like, well, you know, that was like our message uh, to stay off drugs. Here's a good message. She was getting clean. She fought the drugs, and then it's like, hey, that would have been like more of like a uplifting message. Like, hey, she overcame her addictions. Just a thought. Just a thought. Punk rock chick. She lived. Is that fucking all, pissed. Is that all we did? I thought we ended up doing something. Oh, then you took us down the stand-up. So, like, we had the scary movie and that whole thing, and then we went down stand-up. Like, <laughs> yeah, we went from, like, sta- scary movie to, like, all right, it's fucking Halloween. What do you do on Halloween? Yeah, you watch fucking stand-up comedy. That's, that's, that's what we did. So, um, so you had the pumpkins, no, no kids? No. Because your house sounds, like, perfect for just scaring <laughs> the fuck out of these guys. Well, you know, you know, you know what happened to the guy that that built the house, though. What what happened to him? One one one, one day, he, well, he built the house to woo a a, a a a fellow immigrant who lived on the mainland in Seattle, a a girl that he really liked, mm-hmm. and um, so he finished the house and he brought her over, and uh, she lived here for. I don't know, an indeterminate amount of time, a couple of months, six months, or something like that, and then she said. You know, John, his name was John Mackey, you know, it was like a wedding present, like building this house, you know, oh, wow. where we are. Yeah. And so she said, John, if I wanted to live out in the woods with no plumbing and no electricity and whatnot, like I would have stayed in Finland. She oh, said, man. come with me to Seattle and, you know, let's live the, you know, modern life, metropolitan life. Yeah. Well, we got away from Finland for let's uh, let's uh, adapt. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, you know. So she was a she was a 
modern woman. Right. Kind of like us. If we live in the city now, we're like, dude, I got to get away to Finland, man. How so, does this information funnel to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, there again, there, I mean, there's stories, Jim. You know, there, there might be subsequent episodes after this one. But okay. So anyways, let, let, let me get to the meat of the situation. So he was feeling a little heartbroken and he was like, ah, nah. So she goes back to the mainland and he ends up living here for like another, you know, five to seven years or so. You know, I, I, I don't know the dates as well. But story goes, he wakes up one day. He builds a bonfire. He straps himself full of dynamite. And he lays himself into the bonfire. No way. Hmm. That's a way to go. I mean, that's that's pretty explosive. So there's still pieces of Mr. Mackey on the roof. Well, the thing is, okay, so again, like not to go down the rabbit hole of the history of this place, like. Oh, you've gone. You've down already it. gone there. We're, no, no, we're <laughs> with you. The house, the house was moved from its original spot. From the blast. From, oh, oh, yeah, right. No, because, okay, so like I said, there's so many different parts. Like the, the, the reason why the tree farmers were there was when uh, Green Bank was being developed. It was a, a developer from uh, Vermont, Green Bank, Vermont. And so a lot of these developers, like there's towns like there, there's Port Townsend that was a New York developer. It was a lot of East Coast developers coming over here and wanting to get their friends to invest in uh, properties here. And, and basically, you know, Port Townsend is the New York of uh, the Puget Sound or, or okay. West or, you know, Green Bank is the Vermont of, you know. Anyway, so when they were and, and, and Green Bank is very small. You I mean, you can look it up. There's a Wikipedia on it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sponsored by Wikipedia. Uh, no, but there, like, there's a whole area of like the the Green Bank Farm. Like they were uh, 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 taking down trees and 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 getting it ready for like houses and stuff. And so he, uh, this guy, this guy, I don't know his name. He brought over these uh, tree farmers and promised them uh, 20 acre lots on the road that we live in, which is only like half a mile away from where they were working. And so where the house was originally was like, I don't know, like 70 yards, a hundred yards away. And it was moved in the seventies from the original owners that bought it. But dude, there's a lot of like, yeah, like I said, there's, there's a lot. That lot. sounds like a fucking creepy, scary house, right? Yeah. <laughs> no candy. We're good. Well, no candy. <laughs> Jim in, in the sixties, they, they used it as like a, uh, like there it was a it was a flop house like it was in the woods and so people would just go out there and get high it was also used as like a a hunting cabin uh there's actual shot in the in the ceiling in our kitchen like like shot in the wall from someone who was supposedly sleeping up against the wall with a shotgun back when it was a hunting cabin back whenever when you know in the you know the day the day. You know, this is what I pictured. This is where I pictured he would live. Some yeah. some eclectic fucking story all the way back to yesteryear. This is what I pictured. Yeah. You're on you're on par. So, so how does that um so so naturally then um so you're living in this type of um ambiance, if you will. The the do you find that it affects your um your songwriting at all? Oh man, it's everything. It's it's my it's my it's my space. It's everything that I wanted. Like ever since like growing, growing up, like I wanted to live in, in a cool old log cabin in the middle of the woods where I could go outside 
and like within seconds I'm enveloped in trees and canopy and you know and it's 10 acres long I mean it's great like you know my, my wife and I like I concur with you too. I concur. <laughs> I, mean, I, I also want to just be able to walk outside and just be able to take a piss without like, you know, right. having exactly. the cops called yeah. on me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we live, we live next to a road, but we're, we're like, yeah, we're like maybe like 50 yards away from like the road where it is like proper. We have a nice little driveway. It keeps us kind of concealed, you know, like we keep, you know, like it's, it's nice like to have that kind of anonymity you know, in and amongst the trees and, and, and such. So, like, yeah, we have a barn that um, we also use as, like, uh, my wife, she exercises a lot, and so she has her exercise equipment out there, and I have my band equipment. So it's, like, a big playroom, you know, so we go out there and we have band practice and 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 stuff. So it's nice having, like, a separate building, too. So is that, like, like, is that the Baby Island setup? Is that where Baby Island practices? Uh, not not primarily. Um, Eli actually just got a new space that we're kind of converting into. Not for the new room. listeners, Eli is. Uh, oh, he's the bass player, uh, singer uh, uh, of Baby Island. Can you give us a lineup? Give us the Baby Island lineup. Yeah. Who's yeah, who? It, it's uh, uh, Nick Nick DeBesa, who's uh, our drummer, uh, who's been playing with us since the beginning, and um, excellent uh, drummer. Uh, love playing with him. Uh, has a really great approach to playing drums. Um, you know, is very uh, he's, his his timing and his placement is is, is very good. Eli, uh, our bass player. Um, He's also a songwriter too, and, and comes from a lot of uh, different projects. Um, now, is he the <clears throat> primary songwriter? Well, we kind of collaborate, and it, we we we've been collaborating recently on stuff, and and um, he does have a lot of ideas that he brings. And I, I would say he a, a lot of the songs that he brings are his. Um, you know, they kind of, and then we and then we flesh them out, right? And, but some of the ideas kind of start out as is uh, riffs that you know kind of mutate into something else. Of course. And actually, the, the the first song that we ever wrote um, was called "Backwards and Forwards." Love that song. That was probably one of when we did the Baby Island run. I think yeah. that was the one that kind of had like the best feel for like an intro to the show. Nice. nice. And it what well, it, it was great about the whole experience. Uh, uh, of the like the first album and, and getting together initially like I worked at a music store in Langley which is another town in, on Woodby Island um, and uh, Eli lived in the same town and Nick also worked across the street at uh, at uh, like a health, health not not a health food store but they had like uh, vitamins and and like that like a vitamin shopping <laughs> yeah yeah so on, so on his and of course of- like being out there in like the state of washington everyone's a fucking musician and you were just like hey <laughs> <laughs> well it was cool like like i worked at the music sh- music shop and so a lot of people passed through and like eli um i i kind of like describe him as like a social butterfly like he would come by not every day but almost like every day or every other day like and he would kind of make the rounds and visit with people and he would stop by the shop and you know we would talk and 
you know, and I really liked his projects that he was working on. So, you know, it was cool. I would talk to him about his projects and, and we'd go back and forth and, um, Nick would come in on his lunch breaks and we would talk music. So it was really cool. Like there was a lot of dialogue. This was when, uh, probably like 2010 when we first, you know, kind of like, you know, we're getting to, you know, know each other and, and such. And then around November of 2010, um, we, uh, it was 2000 yeah it was 2010 november of 2010 we started getting together and just kind of jamming like um nick and eli came up to me and said hey we're you know like like we're 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 getting together and like you know making noise and stuff like do you want to come over and 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 it was almost like kind of uh, seen as like exercising like do you want to bring your equipment over and just kind of exercise with us or whatever and i was like okay sure yeah you know and so we would we would kind of have these uh jam sessions you know that that you know weren't recorded or you know or anything like that and but we had fun and we we would get together and then one 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 day uh it was probably like a a month or two after we were getting together uh eli said my friend is having a barn party or like a house party or whatever um he said, uh, they, they, they need a band and I volunteered us to play. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> well, no, but it was, it was rough, but at the same time it was like, bam. Yeah. So, in a way though, it kind of almost makes it like, okay, sink or swim, like, you know, like, suddenly, suddenly everything has weight. Right. Or like, or like, or like there's a reason now, like, and quite literally, like after he said that it was like, oh. Oh, cool. And, and I said, well, we better write some songs. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> we might need those. <laughs> right? And, like, and almost, like, immediately, not almost immediately, because, I mean, we're, we're very casual, you know. We're not, we're not like, you know, the, anyone else that's like, well, let, let's get cracking, gang. You know, let's do this. You know, let's, let's, let's write a bunch right. of songs. But it was like we, I started coming up with the riff almost immediately of, like, backwards and forwards. And then everything happened from there. And like, we wrote the song in like 20, you know, if even that, you know, it was more or less like done. So it was like, great. We got one song and then we started writing. So like by, by the time, like, you know, we were done, like we had three to four songs like written that night. That was almost, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, if, 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 if suddenly the needle is put to you and then all, you know, and then you snap into shape and you're like, okay, well, let's do this, you know? And it was that kind of like corner shop, brim full of Asha type vibe or something in backwards and forwards that I don't know where, where, where it came out of, but it, everything just seemed to work after, after that. Like, and everything like was like really, you know, it made sense, you know? And, yeah. And it, I mean, a lot of bands, I mean, and just people in general, I tend to work better that way. I'll procrastinate and procrastinate until the last minute. I'm like, oh shit, I got to do this now. That's usually when I actually churn out my best work. Right. Yeah. And, and, and there's a degree of that there too. Like we're all, all, I'll get started on something and then what's great, like working like garage band or, or archiving your stuff. Like I love working on demos and then I'll get to a point where I'm like, you know, I can, I can only so do this so much, like, you know, you know, massage this song so much. Like I need to like, put it in the oven and let it bake for a little bit, you know, and that, yeah. that could be like months or years in some case, and then come back to it with like fresh ears and fresh ideas and, and then flesh it out. And that was one of the songs that, um, I collaborated with him on 
uh, Eli, that is, like, um, not, you know, probably about, like, six months ago or whatever. He was in Sweden with his wife. And um, so now is she part of the band, too? Yeah. Uh, his wife, Ashley Erickson, who um, she uh, she's also with uh, Lake and she has a solo career as well. Um, she uh, kind of guests and collaborates with Baby Island. OK, like, so the main nucleus is the three dudes. And then she kind of comes in and just um, like adds to it. And then she's kind of like back out with the other bands and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She, 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 I mean, it, more or less she's, she, she is a full fledged member of the band, but mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we don't really like, we don't put any lockdown on anyone. Right. Know? So right. We allow them to look kind of like, you know, fl- fly in and fly out as it were, you know, but she more or less is, you know, she's, she's as much a part of the band as any one of us, uh, it, as far as I'm concerned. I don't really, when you describe that this person's in this band and then they're in that band, uh, I find just keeping our confidence high enough to keep doing podcasts is a bitch. When you're an obscure band and you're just creating music and you're creating art, or in our case, you're creating these shows, I feel like for the most part, nobody gives a shit. You really have to be your own biggest fan. How do you, how do you keep that up? How I'm in, I'm sure people encounter this in their jobs when they're graphic designers or they're, you know, whatever your gig is, you've really got to have a backbone and a belief in yourself. I would imagine music where you really put it out there and then wait to hear back. (laughs) I mean, how do you keep getting up? I mean, talk about getting knocked down and getting back up. What a bitch of a thing. The thing is, thing is like, I I don't know. I I guess you just got to be really psyched on it. You know, you got to really like, you got to really get behind it. Like you can't, and it, and it really comes off with, um, uh, you and Travis, uh, with your show. I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's what it is, you know, but it, I, I mean, I can tell you guys really enjoy it. There's, there's a definite chemistry going on, you know, with it. And like, just like any kind of band practice or, or any kind of, uh, getting ready for the show or any kind of pre-roll or whatever. There's, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I get excited from it. Like, you know, it, it, it's an adrenaline rush. It's dopamine. It's, it's what it is, you know, it, it, and it just keeps me going, I guess, just those little bit bitty increments of it. Like it's exciting and, and it can still inspire you even after all these years of doing whatever you've been doing. And then bam. How do you do a song like backwards and forwards? And even your band, uh, what was your band, Travis? The Rotary Inc. You guys, you'd spoke too about, uh, literally laying down new songs in the matter of like a half hour and then everyone's committed it to memory. Yeah. How does that even happen? Wait, you don't do that, Jim? Right. <laughs> I, I, it's got it's gotta happen somewhere, some something. It's just it's it's just when it's just that dynamic when you get together with other people and just something clicks amongst you. Think of it like like say you go see a movie and like someone just makes like an awesome joke in the middle of the movie about the movie. You know, like I don't know, like there's the explosion and someone stands up and goes, that's gotta hurt or something. And then everyone walks out of the movie and they remember that because it was just kind of such a thing that happened. So when you're writing music and then like a song clicks, that's just kind of how you remember because you're like, oh shit, that was really cool. Is this jiving with you, Mark? Yeah, I mean, Neil Young, I was listening to uh, 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 the What the Fuck with Mark Maron or whatever, you know, and he was talking about 
you know, music being ideas or being something that just kind of like is in the air and you finally tap into it. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't know if it's quite like that or, or what whatever anyone's experience is with it, but I mean there's just a point where it like clicks and it makes sense and everything just I don't know if that process is the same for all of us. I don't know that <laughs> I don't know that you're recognizing the superpowers that you have. Because many of us have absolutely amazing ideas that we can't make our either our hands draw the picture or our our ear replicate what's in our heart or in our brain or you know the words don't spill out onto the pages the way we want it to or you're behind a mic and you're you're across from your your co-host and you're trying to put this thing together and they just the the things that the presentation you want doesn't always deliver and backwards and forwards is a pretty great song yeah 20 minutes is and then everybody just remembers it like oh yeah we'll ju- we'll just we'll just play that fucking live and we're all going to remember how we did that. And I hope you remember the lyrics and we'll just go do that. In fact, let's do three or four more. Yeah. I would be no, the no, fucking no, weak it link. So, <laughs> it was so funny because there was a point where I'm like, and then I'm going to do this. And like, Eli's like, oh yeah, like a guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we could put one of those in. What do you need? Like four bars? Like <laughs> how long you want to go? You know, and, and I'll tell you what though, but Jim, going back to like what you said initially, I mean, it's moments like that, that keep you going. Yeah. You know, when just, clicks like that those eureka moments i mean i mean even if it's bashing away at a microphone 26 27 episodes and eventually you know with this guy listen to the show even even with even with songwriting or whatever like you keep bashing away you're gonna i I don't know whatever you just you gotta get high off of it like or you gotta you gotta be really into it you know like you know you can't you can't be doing it for... Right? Now, Mark was actually in a... Would you call it a like a somewhat successful band back in uh, the early 2000s? Sure. Why sure. not? Sure. <laughs> well, Mark was in Tolerance. And Tolerance I, I thought was, we were pretty damn successful. And Tolerance... <laughs> let me give you a little back on Tolerance here, a little backstory. So Tolerance was um, when we were uh, freshmen in high school. Uh, the guys, what were they? Probably like sophomores, juniors, you know, and... Um, uh, the guy that was in our guitar class that was first chair in our guitar class, I would have been second chair. And he, uh, he was in this band called Tolerance and he was the bass player. And they were basically like, sort of like, remember the band silver chair, you know how they were like 16 and doing that's essentially what this band was. They were, uh, like 16 kind of doing that stuff. Um, they had very supportive parents that would buy them equipment and drive them to gigs, stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. And so um, as I grew up uh, and out of high school, uh, Mark eventually became the guitarist for him because the original guitarist left. Mark took over. And I guess this would have been, what, right around 2000, uh, right around September 11th, Mark? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was more or less like, yeah, uh, 2000. Yeah, yeah, because I started working there after uh, high school, after graduation. And so I'm not sure of the exact date, but it was probably 2000, 2001 when I joined the band, yeah. And let me put it this way. So, like, Mr. Fucking, like, Cool Pants over there and his, like, band tolerance, I moved uh, back out to Phoenix right after, what would it have been, like, February of 2002? And I was there for about six months. 
And the closest, like I asked everyone within our circle, like, man, have you seen Mark? How do I get a hold of Mark? Da 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 da. Oh, he's uh, playing Intolerance now, and he's very busy. And the, the the closest that I came to seeing Mark while I was out there was out here. We have we call it the City Pages. Yeah, so, yeah. talking you about know, our Billboard magazine, our town swag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was like a full page article on tolerance. And, uh, you know, there's Mark in the picture and reading like an interview with Mark. And that, that was the closest I got to see my friend when I moved out back out to Phoenix for six months. <laughs> that must months. have been kind of weird, right? It was so weird. Yeah. And then this guy that I worked with, like I was working this shitty telemarketing job and I don't remember how it came up. But somehow he was like, oh, I was telling him where I went to high school. And then he was like, doesn't like the guitars from the band Tolerance come from there? I'm like, what? Like, and like, I'd heard that Mark was playing. I was like, what? Like, fucking Mark? He's like, yeah, Mark Bizarre. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I fucking grew up with that geek. Like, what, you know him? Do you know how I can get in touch with him? He's like, no, I wish I did. Tolerance is like the fucking coolest band ever. Were you, were you ever at a level where you felt, celebrity um, in any of the projects that you worked on uh i was at a applebee's somewhere around 83rd avenue and bell (laughs) this is in phoenix yeah yeah and and um i don't know who i was there with a friend something like that a mutual acquaintance you know who knows We, we were in there having whatever the jalapeno poppers or the pizza sliders or the you know, extreme nachos or, or what have you. <laughs> right. and, the shrimp shooters. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then and then some some uh, completely random person who wasn't paid to come up to me and say, Oh my god, you play in you know, tolerance like, like you know, and just like right there in like front of everyone it was it was really weird and surreal and totally like unexpected and it would oh yeah sure you know whatever yeah, yeah thanks you know i mean come on like what, what do you, what do you hey do with the situation yeah. like yeah, hey oh, i get extreme nachos just like you buddy <laughs> yeah anyway but i mean you know it was it, it was cool like I, I didn't feel bothered by it or or anything like that, you know, but I, I didn't really like see myself as any like, oh, man, I'm a hot shot, you know. Like, no, but when you come off a like stage, that. you've got, you know, uh, to a certain if you're even just a midsize group, you uh, on stage in front of all the girls, you can't tell me that there isn't uh, a nice nightlife when you're a musician. It, it, it is what it is. I mean. So we're gonna get that. We're gonna get the censored. I'm married version. No, of this. No, no, no. I mean, it's, 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 what, it's what options you choose to fulfill. Like, sure, like there, there's options. There's the, you know. So there's the opportunity to feel like a celebrity if you'd like to indulge. Right. Exactly. And if you want to fulfill some of that, you can. But I don't. I mean, karmically, like I can't get behind some of that. Yeah. Typically, like how how I saw like you know performances is like I wanted to be at my most sober doing it so i can remember it and but i was really getting off on it but at the same time well it's I such a pure feeling going on stage yeah, yeah and, and like i didn't want to be like totally out of my mind i didn't want people to to see some bumbling mess on stage you know like <laughs> yeah did you ever have you ever gone on stage fucked up I, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there there have been moments where, where I feel like I've kind of, like, when I was outside of Tolerance, when I was playing with the format, like, we, we toured 
quite a bit, but like I never, I never like, I never, you know, it was one of these things. It was just like, we, we, we were out on the road a lot and I, and I was kind of under a lot of anxieties and like, yeah, I might supplement. So did you ever like have that show like where you just got like wrecked? But then, you know, that night you're like, yeah, fucking it. That felt good. <laughs> and then like the next day you're thinking back on the show like, oh, God, I was doing cock thrusts. I, like I, 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 will, I will honestly say that that I can probably only count maybe one or two shows where it was like that. It only takes one. It only, it takes, only one. takes one for us. We, <laughs> right. well, we, the thing uh, is, like, when, you, when, you, when you look at it, when you're playing on stage like with other people and you're responsible for what you're doing and then you kind of melt down and there's other people there. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's not a good thing. It's like, you know, going to any kind of job or whatever. And there's this one guy that's just like, can't hang. And it's like, you know, right away, you're like, the fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah. Sanderson, you should have called in. (laughs) (laughs) Like get your shit together, man. Like, come on, doing this and we have to do this the next night. And the night after and like, you know, 30 more shows or whatever. Yeah. So it was like, you know, keep sober during the day. And it wasn't hard. I mean, right. and it's, it's not. A, yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. Right. Yeah. But I mean, afterwards, like, sure. Like, I mean, whatever you want to dial into. And usually I was like, after I'm done with the show, like, yeah, I'll go back, have a puff, have a drink. I'm, yeah. I'm usually starving because I never really eat before I play. Right. Because you know, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to feel full going up on stage. No, no, I rarely would eat. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, so I, I'm usually looking for like pizza or something. Right. Like, right. Yeah. You're just like, where's the fucking yeah. food? I'm right. fucking drained. I need to recharge the batteries. Right, exactly. But no, other than that, like, I mean, I didn't see it as a job, but I, I saw a certain responsibility and how I should perform because not everyone gets that chance to go up on stage. Right. You know? And it, yeah, it's actually, it is like people are just like, some people take it for granted, but it really is a gift. Like when you get to do that, it, it is even, I don't know. It's because, I mean, they're allowing you to get for me. I mean, it's, that's, it's just such a fucking great high for us. Yeah. yeah for us. I mean, we, we tried doing a show once, uh, we, we got pretty wrecked one time. And, yeah. We uh, won't release that. That was bad. That will never get released. No. Cause you just, you just are, uh, you're just too, you're too relaxed. You're too comfortable. Yeah. Too comfortable. And then you just, you go in the middle of, you you don't make any sense. But I remember when we got done with that show, we were just like fucking hilarious. This is like the fucking best shit we've done. And the next day I get this call from Jim, just like, um, Travis, you know, I've listened to the episode and, uh, we're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? What happened to like, we're fucking hilarious. And this was the greatest thing ever. We were not. And like, he just starts playing some audio from me over the phone. And instantly it was just like that. Cut just, it. That's what you kept doing. Cut it. Stop cut it. it. Cut just it. stop. Stop. As, you know, and I'm just sinking lower and lower into my seat. Like, Oh God. We're a couple audio snobs. When you're a rock star, you're allowed to get drunk. You're allowed to do drugs. You're allowed to have <laughs> promiscuous sex. You're supposed to ruin hotel rooms. You're supposed to constantly be arguing with your label. Uh, you know, you don't have a care in the world. Where is all of that? Where's all that from you? You give me the same thing. I want to hear all these great rock star stories and, you know, <laughs> traveling band guy. Because even if you're not getting paid in money, you're getting paid in people that just want to be near talent. 
And you guys are like, well, I like to, you know, sleep eight hours and I don't want to go on stage too full and uh, <laughs> I might want a pizza after. What the fuck? You guys, you guys are killing rock and roll. <laughs> if it's not already dead. Uh, yeah. Well, they keep saying rock and roll's dead. And yet, you know, that life support keeps on a thrumming. Can you make money doing it? Can uh, you make money this day and age, Mark, playing, playing music? You just got to hustle, man. You got to be doing, you, I mean, honestly, like you really have to put yourself out there more than what Baby Island or what I'm doing. Like you, you got to get out on the road or you got to do regional tours, you know, small stuff. Like you just got to put yourself out there. You have to create a buzz. And like other, like, as, like I said, unless you can do something like really viral, like some crazy YouTube thing that gets everyone talking and is shared so much that, you know, you're like sigh with Gongam style or whatever, but I mean, honestly, like you have to, you got, you got to work, you got to do it, man. It's, it's, and it's like, it's not as glamorous, you know, like, like I said, like you gotta be, you can't be, you know, you, you gotta be, you know, you wouldn't show up to work completely messed up because if you did, like you, you'd start messing things up and you'd never get anything done, but you know, like you, you gotta, you gotta work for it. And I mean, honestly, that's where it can kind of make or break is like, well, how bad do you want or not? It's not how bad do you want to do it, but it's like, you know, you got to do something. You can't just like wait for the telephone to ring, you know, yeah. or whatever bad analogy that I can come up with. But I mean, yeah, you just, you got to be active. You got to be proactive with, with it, you know? Well, I was if looking at, I was looking at some shit on monetizing in this day and age. Like what, what kind of money can really be made by independent artists with the, cause distribution was always the problem before the internet it was, well, you had to kiss somebody's ass, you had to make your own CDs, you'd sell them out of a trunk. Typically, yeah, like you had your merge records, um, K records, stuff like that. Um, Guys yeah. like us would be on the they, radio. They were in their own bands, yeah, they were in their own bands, and they were like, well, fuck, no one else, kind of like how Tarantino did his own movies. We'd be on public access watching our P's and Q's, like that would be how it was before. Right. Today, though, obviously distribution's not a problem. That being said... Uh, and I might have touched on this a little bit before. Uh, we've done a number of shows now. They're starting to kind of get... See, I won't remember the lyrics to any songs that we write because I can't <laughs> fucking remember the shows. Uh, but like with Google... Uh, excuse me, YouTube. So it would be reasonable with advertising to be paid a dollar per thousand plays on YouTube, for instance. On Spotify, every time your song is played, so if Baby Island was big on Spotify, they would get half a cent. Per play, Ooh. per song, half a cent. Uh, if they that would get annoying writing those royalty checks, signing those royalty checks. Sixty to seventy cents per song, six to seven dollars per album on iTunes. So you get six to seven dollars per. But iTunes. kids don't do iTunes anymore. They if the yeah. song gets up on YouTube or any anything else that they can rip it from. So you'd have to get like seven million download to make, yeah. How do you make money? How, how does a band go out and even afford to tour? So if, if, if you were to go, say Travis and I wanted to take the show live and we were going to go to Comedy Club, club and Comedy Club, just like you would go to a music club or a, a bar or a venue, do they just pay you to appear? Or is it literally what you can sell of merchandise? Or, or do they give you some cover? What is it? Or is it like a percentage at the door? Like, you know, well, if, well, only 10 people showed up, so you only get 10 bucks. Well, it, typically, if you were to go out on a tour, like a traditional tour or whatever, you would have a booking agent 
mm-hmm. and then they would negotiate what they could do. And what's fair? Door, Hit me with and, what's and fair. Yeah, yeah. There, there's door deals, and then there's uh, guarantees, and a lot of different things. And depending on what level you're at, you know, you can garner whatever you want. You know, well, what's like, a booking agent cost? First of all, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know these details, but they make a percentage. And like a booking agent has a lot of bands, so they're making like you know ten percent or fifteen percent of whatever this band is making at this location for you know whatever they're they're making. I think they're making. I don't know what they're making now, but I mean, they're, they're generally making a percent of all the bands that they represent, which can, you know, add up to a tidy sum, depending on how popular you are. 10 like, and um, you're getting the door. So let's say if it's a $10 cover to get in, which usually always goes to the band, right? Doesn't a hundred percent of the cover go to the band. And I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to be general, like generalities. What would be, or is it, is that not possible? Is it not possible to, to describe what it's like to try to tour in general terms. I mean, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is like, yeah, usually you work out a deal ahead of time, you know, and, and that also, and, and then it's, it's, it, is it an all ages show or is it the, a 21 and over show, you know, or allow, is it, allow me to rephrase, allow me to rephrase I, I I'm getting oiled up here uh, to put baby Island on a tour. What's required and how many trips what would you be what would what would you need to make it worth your while? Is it enough just to get in front of people and the trip to pay for itself, or does there need to be a profit made and is and what would that look like like what would it would it be a lot of dates would you yeah you know, is the music scene in the United States such that you'd find yourself more <laughs> overseas or would you what, be what 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 have i what what I've experienced in the past is it's um you, you have to find the finance. You, okay, first of all, you have to have the vehicle. So you have to have like a van, you know, or a trailer or, or what have you. And then you need to have the means to travel across the country. And not knowing off the top of my head what gas was back in like 2002. It was you know, 99 cents a gallon in Phoenix. Yeah. You know, but all over the United States, like, you know. Yeah, because it, it was like a dollar twenty nine in Wisconsin, dollar thirty, And then when right. we moved to Phoenix, and, and then, we saw and, it get progressively lower as we came down through 35. And no, when we started, yeah, hit 35 and then started banking west on 40. We saw yeah. it just dip. So, yeah, 99 yeah. cents at that time. Thank you for that, Travis. You're welcome. <laughs> to dig it, Travis, seriously, like, you know, hats <laughs> off to that guy. And, and versus what it is now, like, I mean, doing a full regional u.s tour like you need to have some kind of support you know and either that's a label or a personal or something like that but to get into the consciousness of the people like from what i've experienced is like you need to play those shows you need to go out there and you need to do it but you know i, I and again with merchandise and, and with you know do, do you sell t-shirts and and stickers or you know is that where you put the money or do you put the money in you know, to the records and, and, in the, the actual tangible music part of it, you know, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like looking right now, like, you know, if we're going to self-release this, like, would it be worth it to do like a double album where like one side is the, 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 the original record and then the other side, is, or I mean, one record is the, the first album and then the, 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 the do you like uh, a double the, album, the new album. Yeah. Like do a double album that way. You like, 
you know, and then at the same time, like, do people still listen to vinyl as much as they did like a couple of years ago? Like 40 bucks, same? man, 40 bucks for a fucking vinyl album. Right. Yeah. Right. Like in the like, mall, in the mall. You know, and it's like, it's like, do I really want to do that? Like, I mean, I, I just, I mean, if anything, like, I want people to hear the music. I assure you, Baby Island can put out vinyl and not charge people $40. I don't most of Yeah, because most of your, if you look at most of your indie labels, which is probably what you guys would be on, I mean, I mean, you can get vinyl from an, like an indie band or an indie label, and it's typically anywhere from like 10 to 16 bucks. Jesus Christ. A record. It's still super high. Kids won't for a record. They just that's a great that's price nowadays. That's yeah, not that's not bad. bad at all. But who? Ha- I I guess my my only argument to that is it feels like they don't want to pay anything because your biggest purchasing group is what like fourteen to thirty five. I don't know. It just depends on the band. And they want to just go. To, they want to go to YouTube. They want to f- listen to the song once for free on YouTube and sit through the commercial. And then they want to go to their audio ripper, rip the MP3 off of it, and then they have it. They don't even really give a shit about quality. Yeah, actually, that brings up a quick. Um, so you were in tolerance when uh, Napster was out, right? Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. that really kind of like fucked with you guys, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I know it's funny. Like, I, I mean, I grew up in like the MTV generation. I was there sister. too, Mark. I was there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then we know. used to in the locker room, like before gym class, do the twisted sister video, like at the beginning, where the kid like, woo, 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 like. Well, you know, like, <laughs> like, 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 basically the whole era of like huge music record deals, like, oh my god, yeah. this would be so amazing if this actually happened or whatever. Right, then, right. Nirvanas and all yeah. that stuff and happening. And then bam, like, like grunge is dead. Yeah, here's yeah. Napster. <laughs> here's an Napster. Here, here's a distri- a distribution resource or whatever service. But I mean, come on, I, I used it. A lot of people used it, right? You know, I was there for the new Radiohead album. You know, before it was released or whatever. You know, like I was, I was all about it. And and I, and the thing is, the thing is, like in in other projects, like when we would tour, like I would want as many people to hear the the music as they could even if it was for free, because I feel like the music would speak for itself, but you're not making any money off of that, but maybe you are like through merchandise and whatnot. But now record deals have like these, uh, you know, these, uh, uh, 360 deals that, you know, they, uh, they, they, uh, merchandise is part of what the record label retains, you know, when, when the band is out on tour and like when my band, uh, was out on the road, like we kept, a hundred percent of the merchandise sales, which that was my paycheck, you know? And yeah. now, and now if you're a new band and you're going to get signed to a label, they're going to negotiate a certain percentage of your merchandise that is going to go back to, you know, what they loan you out. You know, I mean, music labels like nowadays, like, I mean, they're more or less big banks, but you know, as far as distribution, like there's a lot of different channels you have for that: YouTube, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, you know, a bunch of different places or whatever. Like, but how you see profit from that? Like, I don't know, man. That's the biggest mystery. Like, you know, like I've never seen a significant amount of money from record sales, or you know, I've only seen it from like playing shows, getting tips or selling t-shirts or merchandise like tangible stuff and like merchandise could be part of records or or whatever you know but i don't know how you could like make money from it i mean 
but I guess there's that punk rock thing. Like, are, are you in it for the money or like, you know, like, right. I don't know. Like, I mean, we, we, we live in a society, you know, that doesn't really, you well, know, pretty much most, most music now is about money. <laughs> like, right. Or like, I mean, like, you know, Canada, they, they give you money to like albums and go out on tour and stuff like that. I mean, there's different, you know, uh, what do they call those requisitions or something like that or whatever, where, where they actually like influence the art. And, the, and they'll, you know, if, if you apply for these, you know, grants or, or whatever they are, like they'll give you money for it. But like the United States, like, you know, like can baby Island, like apply for a grant to get the money to, you know, make an audio recording and, you know, this, that, and the other thing, like, no, you know, I mean, there's nothing like that out there. There's nothing like that for the arts. Or nothing like that that I know of, you know. It, I mean, if, as far as I know, it's like getting out there and doing it, you know, going out on tour, getting in a van, booking the shows. If you have the luxury of a booking agent, if the booking agent no, even knows how to book your band, and that was the first booking agent that we had. Sorry, I don't mean to be ranting, but you know, they they need to know what you're doing. And like, finally, we got with a booking agent that actually understood our band. And, like, knew where to put us and what tours to do us. And it was basically, like, do you guys want to be out for this month and this amount of time? And, yeah, sure. Okay, good. Well, here are the dates and here's what's going on. And somehow we made enough money to keep the whole thing going. And that's know? really the key for the fans is if you don't, if the bands you like aren't able to survive creating, they're going to stop creating. That's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford to create, you'll stop. I mean, I mean, you you won't stop yourself as the artist, right. but the fans will lose an avenue to listen to you because you won't be able to afford to get it out to them. You're 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 dealing with attention spans, so it's like you want to be relevant in what's going on. And like some artists are obnoxious, and and you know, and and we're talking about them, you know, in Twitter feeds or. Twitter wars or, or, or what, what have you. I mean, there's like, there's this kind of like air, you know, of relevance and like people wanting to get in on, get in on that. Or even like uh, late comers, you know, people that were a little apprehensive at first and then they want to get in on it. I mean, there's all these different weird avenues of marketing yourself. And like, you know, like, I don't know, I, I've always been something like, I don't want to shove it down people's throats. Like I, I like it when people like discover it, you know, yeah. like, you know, and like, and, and we're all very busy people and we all have normal jobs and mortgages and loans and whatnot, you know, to pay for that. We don't have the luxury to just, you know, go with it when we want to do it or how we want to do it. But it's cool when people pick up on that and, and really dig it. And like, maybe that's what it's all about. Like, maybe that's what it's for. You know, like, you know, I'm, I, I'm just happy to do it. Like, I feel satisfied. Like when, when we do an album or when we play a show like, you know, there's all this build up to it. And then when you finally get to the point, you know, if you get to the point, it's just like, ah, you know, it's good. Like that, that felt like a really good release, you know, or, or whatever it is. Did he hint, I was pretty sure I heard him hint that he, they were, might possibly be a release of a new baby island. Oh, <laughs> well, we, we, we got to preview it. Well, I wasn't sure what that was. I wasn't sure was that, well, I wasn't quite sure. I had listened to a couple of them, and then it was sort of taken away and like, well, we've got to talk about things. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> and so he's sort of telling us that they might drop some new material. Is that what you're yeah, telling us? We, 
I mean, yeah, no, we, 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 want to, we want to release it. You know, we want to do the best thing that we can. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time working on this record and, um, you know, it's nothing like vanity or whatever, you know, it's just like, no, it's just like the fucking best album that I've heard this fucking last year. We're really (laughs) proud of what we did. You You should be. It's a really fucking good album. There are some great songs on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and unfortunately, you guys haven't heard it yet, our listeners. <laughs> I'm brutally honest. If I didn't care for it, I would like, tell him. Yeah, he would. He I would. would tell you if well, I didn't you know, care for you, it. You've heard the two of us uh, on air disagree numerous times. Yeah. So. It, it's got... It's got... This is a fucking good album. Yeah, it's got good shit. Like, we both listened to it the same day, and we were just going back and forth. Holy shit. Have you heard this one? Yeah. What did you think of that one? <laughs> I liked it, and I was trying to put it in like the 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 chronology of Baby Island. Like, was this early? Is this stuff they didn't think was worthy of being released? Because I think it's really good, <laughs> right? And, and you wouldn't give me a straight answer. And I'm well, trying I, to t- I kept out. trying to tell. I was like, "This is the new stuff." No, it's not. I'm like, "Yeah, it is." If it's new, it should be. That's what I said. I'm like, so when's it going to be out? I mean, it should when's be it going to be out? I'm, I'm yeah. We want to because we've been really wanting to tell our listeners about it for a long time. Because what we've We've probably had access to it now for what, like a, three weeks, maybe a month, a month? at least a month, about a month. And oh man, it's been so hard to keep like a lid on this because we both fucking listened to it and just fucking loved it. Well, we got a lot of feedback when we played the last album, which you were cool yeah the to first play, album. Mark, yeah, and we got a lot of people that were, you know, oh, I love that song, or we they were really jazzed because when we had done some beta shows, we weren't using any opening music and so then we started to use opening music with our when we when we released all yeah. of the episodes and then we started saying well where you could get it or where you could buy it because people were asking us so well where you know where do i find this where who are these guys and and they were all pumped about it so i'm i'm interested to see where this whole thing ends up taking you <laughs> me too jim definitely like the the hardest thing is to not release it to everyone because i want everyone to hear it. I mean, we want everyone to hear it. Like, I mean, it's hard to keep the lid on it. Like it's been one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, like to keep the lid on it because I want people to experience it without everything in between. Like I want, I want to be like, bam, here it is. It's right here. Enjoy, yeah. you know, have a lot of fun. Like, cause you know, it's, it's it, we're like, I'm done with it. Like, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh dude, like tobacco, man. That's going to, that's a fucking single right there. <laughs> a lot, a lot except, of- except who wrote the lyrics to that, all right? Because I do smoke tobacco. <laughs> all right? Huh? Who am I fighting? Huh? Who am I fighting? I, I, I love it because that, 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 that song, um, Eli actually had a, a, he didn't have a dream about that song, but he, he, he was living in Olympia and, and he was um, working with that with a couple of his roommates. And, and when Baby Island was playing a show, uh, you know, 2012, 2013 or whatever. He's all, Hey, I got the song. And it, it had always stuck in my mind. And I was like, that song's great because it makes you sound like an asshole. And I really <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, well, and then just the effects on it, like, do you smoke? Obviously I can't do, you know, Eli's no, no, voice. It sounds, like, it sounds like he's like just waking. And I actually think he was sick when he recorded those vocals. Yeah. Like it was so perfect. Like it's like, I can almost just like, like picturing him, like taking like a puff, like off of a pipe or something and like inhaling and then yeah. singing as like, he's exhaling and like the smoke's coming out. Like well, it, it, and it almost has like that underwatery. I don't know. It's just hard to explain. It, it, Eli is so good at, as a songwriter and, and as an artist in himself. Like, 
it, it's a it's a character I wanted to explore. I like I wouldn't say I wanted to explore, but it was like like I had heard his idea for it, and I was like, man, this is an interesting character. Like let's let's explore this character a little bit, you know? Like let's let's see we see what it's all about because he's got such a huge library with with his group Blake and and with his um, own own material. So it, it's it's a different song for him. I, I'm really happy that that he he went through with the recording on it. Yeah, yeah. That, that, like I said, I think that's definitely a single. My favorite, <laughs> I think, just like sort of the middle part of the album. It, it just depends on what day I listen to it. Sometimes I like the beginning. Sometimes I like, but the one that I think I most consistently like tracks like four through six, four through seven, somewhere in there. Like, sure, those ones are my uh, go-to tracks every time. Like I, I listen to it. I know Jim likes track three. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, that's a uh, 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 Mercury Life. Yeah, I'm actually playing bass guitar on that song. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, and Eli Eli does the really great solo. That's my favorite solo of his. It's really dirty and and greasy. Here we here we are talking about this album, and everyone's just like, oh, I want to fucking hear it. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or maybe they're just like, imagine that. Fuck you, know? you guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is Seattle still? what it was i mean is it still a music hotbed is it still producing i think it's still relevant you still hear about it yeah in circles i think i think i think so too i think i think there's a lot of there's a lot of arms crossed like it's got to be good it can't just be shit you know what i mean like not 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 that there's any kind of elitism or anything like that it's just like you got to be good you know or, or or like maybe maybe some something is under the guise of like you know because there's such a pedigree here and and this is coming from a guy that's from Arizona, which is more or less a complete ripoff scene of anything that's going on in like California, yeah, or really anywhere in the world. Well, I know? mean, remember we were showing up to school wearing fucking thermals and jeans <laughs> and fucking right? one hundred degree weather. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Seriously. No, I mean, but I mean, I mean, see, Washington. It just. I mean, there's a different kind of. Yeah, I mean the bands that are good here are really good. That's all I can say. It's like they're really fucking good. Like these people uh have been really honing their craft and really woodshedding. And it, it's like that. I mean, there's a lot of basement parties. I mean, it's still really relevant. I I feel, you know, it, learning about it like in in the early 90s and and in you know being a part of it and like getting to know some of these people. I mean, it's so different. It's it's to me it's radically different than what I came up with. Like it's not as structured. Like there's a little more wobby sobby, like you know, give and take kind of going on. But wobby sobby doing it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's a silly (laughs) word. Yeah. (laughs) Can they get you from being relevant and good in the Pacific Northwest to being relevant and good uh, nationally or internationally in? in that form. I mean, it seemed like anybody that was coming through there that had any talent, they were pushing out like, well, um, one of the great, uh, quotes from the movie hype, which was about that whole thing that happened in Seattle at that time. Good good call, Travis. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) Was the, uh, was the guy, uh, where he talked about like how the record, you know, keep in mind, this is before Napster. So now it's a fucking different game. But back then it was basically the record industry would just be like, Where's the party? The party's in Minneapolis. And remember, like, during the 80s, Minneapolis had a pretty big scene going on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 
uh, how the guy put it, like, you know, it's like the record industry is like a giant baby Huey. And then baby Huey sits down on Minneapolis, crushes a few bands, buys a few dinners, and then, oh, party's in Seattle. And then just kind of waddles over to Seattle, crushes a couple bands, buys a couple dinners. Mm -hmm. And so I think I got up. I, I lost my train of thought. Did it go? <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, hello, Minnesota. Hello, Jayhawks. Hello, Soul Asylum. Yeah, hello, the replacements. Uh, you know, I mean, so many, I mean, so many good Minnesota bands. Husker Do. I never, I never. Uh, Husker Do. Yeah. Um, the replacements was my favorite to come out of that. Um, fucking love the replacements. Of course, out here, everyone's Prince, you know. So where's yeah, the baby now? Yeah, if it was in Seattle I mean, at one time, where's well, the baby Well, the baby, the baby's nowhere now because really, I mean, the record industry is shit yeah well, that's so, depressing so you know i mean maybe we killed the baby <laughs> the baby grew up into a huge supercomputer in the sky there you go yeah it was absorbed by the matrix it's skynet <laughs> the baby is skynet <laughs> it's gonna take us out <laughs> damn you um do you have views, music videos does baby island have a music video um we don't have any proper music video we actually um our art art consultant uh gabriel studebaker he's a local resident here he did the uh art for the uh the the first album which is rad the cover i love that which is kind of like an homage to love yeah i was about to say yeah it's pretty much directly yeah an homage to love that was yeah, cool yeah. i liked yeah. it yeah i mean we we we, we love we love that and um apparently he's working on a new uh, album cover for this record and and last i saw eli before he went out on tour um and this was just like maybe uh 20 days ago um specific uh, <laughs> not not three weeks it was fucking 20 days all right we're a day short three weeks ago anyway he said he said he said he's like he's like i saw the artwork gabe was working on he's like it looks like he has about 25 hours worth of work to do on the art <laughs> Oh, wow. So to me, it's like oh. thinking like, oh my god, he's working on something really intricate or whatever. But he's 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 a very talented uh, cartoonist and, and animator, and and so if he's going to spend the time to work on it, like I'm not going to rush anything along. So when it happens, it happens. On that note, as far as music videos, we were working on one for Break the Lease, which is the lead off track to the album. Yep, um, and it was kind of done in that aha. Uh, rotoscoping t style, you know, where they like overlay. You're going to need to translate that. Yep. So, yeah, like, Take On Me, the, the Take yeah. On Me video, where like yeah. she gets pulled in like the stencil comic book from the right. 80s. Remember that? Okay. Yep, yep. Yep. I got you now. Yeah. And it's more or less like they, they trace frame by frame. And so it looks like pencil etching, you know, or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? It's that effect, you know, where it's like hand. Well, in rotoscoping, that's what they did, uh, used, isn't that? But that's what they used um, for the initial uh, lightsaber effects in the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. D Disney used that. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't say quite rotoscoping, but well, Lucas, doing, Lucas used it, not Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's using he's using modern. Um, I'm not sure what programs he's using, but he's using modern, you know, computer programs. Right, to, that was digital. Yeah, and he's using o overlays and and layers, and and he's kind of animating it that way, and and it's kind of a work in progress and, and, you know, will it ever see the light of day? Hopefully it will. That'd like, be badass. That'd be badass. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, and, and there's other ideas for music videos. Like it'd be um, sweet if he could do analog rotoscoping. That would be, I mean, that would cost so much money now though. <laughs> right. If only, <laughs> you know, so, but I mean, I think, I think, um, uh, 
this winter and this fall, like now that we actually have the, the, the big thing is now that the album is finished, like we've agreed on the mixes, we've agreed on the mastering. Now we have the final mix. You have the final product. It's ready to go. Yeah, Except the so album. Like signed, half- yeah. It's, it's, it's signed sealed. We're just waiting for it to be delivered and the album so, cover. So now, now we're looking at like, how are we going to, how are we going to distribute this? And, like, uh, yeah, you know, so yeah. And then we come the back to that. Yep. It, you know, creating a hype, you know, like try to do some music videos and stuff and, you know, try to create a buzz that way without releasing the whole album. Like, I mean, you look at like, even like, and again, this all goes back to kind of what we were talking about a, a little bit about like contemporary modern pop music where there's a, a, lo- a succession of singles released before there's a whole album released, you know what I mean? And not to say like we're directly tapping into something like that, but well, I mean that of- even goes back to I mean when we were growing up. I remember yeah. um, uh, when OK Computer by Radiohead was coming out. The Paranoid Android video was out about a month or so, right? Before exactly. yeah, before the and it got you fucking pumped. Good, good, Magnus Carlson. Good uh, example there, Travis, for sure. And that that was that was exactly it. Like you had this really amazing, cool cartoon video that wasn't anything that you really saw, and there it was, you know. And it got yeah. you super. I know, I know that got me really psyched for that album. Oh, I, I fucking flipped out. I think I was watching like 120 minutes, like you know, what, three o'clock in the morning or whatever it was on. Like, yeah, in Memphis. And like, I fucking just threw, like, I was in like laying in my bed trying to go to sleep to the music videos. And then I came out. I just fuck That was it. I wasn't sleeping that night. Will the whole band (laughs) promote the new album? I mean, will everybody chip in to try to get a buzz and a fever going for it? Or do you guys sort of just have one guy that, that handles that? No, I mean, we really don't have anyone that handles it right now. And, and like I said, like, I don't mean to be so vague about it. Like it, it's just because well, we spent, yeah. no, no. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time with this and it's something so brand new that, you know, and, and, and I'm glad I, I'm really appreciative of your guys's feedback from it too. Like, because you guys have expressed such interest in the band and then featured us on your show and everything like that. It's, you know, like, yeah, of course I want you guys to hear it. I want everyone to hear it. Um, so like any kind of, any kind of like excitement that can happen with it. Like, sure. You know, like whatever, like I, I, like I said, I hate to be so vague with it, but yeah, I mean, you know, if anyone's interested, like I can send them the stuff, you know, <laughs> and if they want to hear it, how come you don't have a website? Out, how great. come there isn't a www.babyisland.com? Is there a way that they can connect with you? Because when we were trying to promote and get people to band camp, it, there was a lot there. They actually had to go into the episode. They'd have to find the buy link and, and, and really go through our show in a couple of clicks because you can actually bypass a lot of the information of the show and just hit the logo and play the episode. So how do yeah. they find Baby Island? Baby Island would be uh, uh, double double forward slash babyisland.bandcamp.com um, or you could look us up on Facebook as Baby Island. Um see what comes up but uh yeah there's like no real formal website for us like you can go to baby island on Bandcamp. you can listen to the first album we don't really have anything else out on there right 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 quick we haven't really figured out our whole you know way of we're gonna how, how we're gonna just dis- right 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 you guys are so kind of in limbo on that right now yeah so you know, like i said like you know like i want we want we want to try to maximize it but at the same time we don't want to sit on it, so you know we're, we'll we'll have we'll have some more uh, 
uh, in-depth discussions uh, probably before the new year. Merch? And, Are we going to have merch? Uh, you know, and that's something uh, to another uh, friend of mine uh, as well who owns a merchandise company about doing merchandise, doing T-shirts and um, yeah, so that's a, that's a real possibility too, you know. And, th- and these are all things that, again, like I don't want to just like have it. Like the best way to like push the merchandise stuff is like again to like be out on the road actively doing it. And it's not something that I'm opposed to. Like I'm, I love touring. Like it's it's one of my favorite you know activities to do is to be out on the road doing it actively. And, and showing new people, you know, music and, and, and such. So, yeah, I mean, that could very well be a possibility in the, in the not-too-distant. I wonder how that would go down with Doll. Hi, honey. Uh, Travis and I quick threw together a few songs. We think we're going to go on the road and tour. Right? Catch you later. <laughs> oh, dude, I'd do it. Man, if we could tour with the podcast, fuck yeah. I don't know how yeah, Doll would feel about well, that. Well, then again, I don't know how I'd feel like leaving my, like, Good God, man. If I left my roommates alone, like with my room for like a month while we were gone. I think they'd probably be happy. Yeah. Oh, they would, they would love it. That pretentious prick is gone. He's fucking gone. <laughs> He's just always fucking with his day job <laughs> and his chat show. Fuck him. You know what? And that's another thing. Like, seriously, I have no clue. Like, they would probably get, like, some just rancid-ass, like, person from the streets to just, like, sleep in my bed for, like, the three, like, for, like, up until like the day before I came home and then just, you know, okay, okay, you're out now, dude. Then like, I just come home like, the fuck's my bed smell? Those are really, oh, nothing. <laughs> those are really married guy problems though. When you're married, they can, they can just sell everything. That's legal. Cause you're married. So if you just, if I just took yeah. off on the road and she was pissed, I could come home to an empty house <laughs> and she'd be like, here's your dollar. I sold it all for a dollar and you'd just be fucked. Oh man! <laughs> Mark could come home to an empty Finnish vintage century house, and she could just be like, mm, "How was the tour?" <laughs> By the way, um, I built you a bonfire, and here's some dynamite. Would she be cool with it if you just took off on the road? You know, and she said that she would be. But so she's lying. Exactly. I like her. I like James, her. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. From one married man to another, I know yeah. exactly what you're saying. Yeah. No, go, go, go. Explore your life, prick. No. <laughs> not when you got. Not when you have uh, thirty chickens to take care of, two dogs, three cats. You know, ten acres, a barn. Yeah, he has chickens. He built a life. Once you build a life, yeah. that's what. That's yeah. kind of an interesting dynamic to releasing an album. Is what if it fucking hit? Like, what if you accidentally fuck up and it's it's widely received? <laughs> you could be gone for a long time, and that doesn't necessarily mean you'd be rich. Destiny's or was it Destiny's Child that went on the road, or uh, who did Waterfalls? Is it TLC? TLC. Your manager just fucking took all the money. They ended up owing right. money when they got done. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You could just and be there, gone. And there's, I mean, there's completely that scenario too that could happen and, and whatnot. You know. I don't know. I mean, it's one of these things that's like, why, why buy a lottery ticket? You know, why, you know, whatever, like, you know, why, why do the things that we do? Why make a podcast or whatever? Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's just, it's something, you know, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's something that gives, gives it worthwhile or, or, you know, you know, makes it worthwhile. Or, that, you that, know, that's true. Do. When you're creating, yeah. you are definitely not, you know, the, the, the exceptions are the people who you can name. The rest of us are doing it just purely because we love it. Yeah, real artists have day jobs. 
Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's one hundred percent. And most aren't. I think that's a book too. Way past the point. And your wife will never think you're a true artist. She'll just always think you're a jackass. Just that little, he's got his little hobby. Yeah. Right, exactly. And and like, honestly, like, I mean, it would be like a couple of days and then I'd be like, I'm such a homebody. Like, I would be like, what's going on? How is, how is Nutka doing? How are the chickens doing? You know, like, I mean, I would feel incredibly guilty leaving all of that at home for my partner to take care of, you know? So it's, I mean, yeah, going out on tour, like, no, I mean, it's something I thought about a lot, you know, because there, there, there is this like slight of a corn of a chance that it could happen. And if it did happen, like, how would it be like, sure, it's all cool. And, and, and we're feeling good about it because it hasn't happened, but what if it really happened, you know? And, and what if I actually really did, you know, I, I, these are things I've, I've, I've thought about and like, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's when you're, you know, yeah, sure. I, I'd like to go out and, and promote it and, and have a good time doing it. But I've, I've done that before and it's a lot of fucking work. It's yep. a lot of work. And, and it's like, and it's also like, I wouldn't say it's the healthiest thing, even being a single young person in their mid twenties or like, that's probably eating. when it's like the worst for you because you're just like, <laughs> No exercise, bad food, smoking, drinking, doing right. whatever the fuck. Yeah. Excess. I mean, I've, I've, I've lost two teeth, like two molars from it. Like, you know, like, I mean, whatever, you know, it's just like, I, you know, it's, it, it the, the highs were high and the lows were low. I guess that's all I can say, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, it's rock star enough. Yeah. It's yeah. like organic rock star. It's like, well. It's not, I mean, I don't know what it is. Like, um, it, I don't think it's a sustainable type of thing like i mean not 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 to get on subject matter or whatever but like that song even not, i feel so cheesy talking about this but i'm just saying like that song mercury life like i didn't know what a mer- mercurial life was and like a mercury life is a life that doesn't really have balance to it right you right know? you're either like you're super hot or you're super cold you're on one and, and that song it's like, like a thermometer the mercury and the thermometer you're going up you're going down exactly and like to me like being a touring artist young person single you know you experience a lot going out you know and 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 trying to find some kind of substance uh uh w- with what you're doing you know and it's really hard to to, to do that because you're you're a freewheeling you know uh person out there doing that would you, you say know? cowboy <laughs> rock and roller yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah you're 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 out there it's the you know it's the wild west it's, <laughs> yeah. it's unexplored territory you know it's it, it it's 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 exciting you know yeah. there's there's a lot out there you know so you so you're kind of letting yourself be open to what there is and and what's possible and and what could be available you know be it really negative or evil or dark or be it really you know, amazing and incredible, you know? So, you know, to me, like, uh, there, there's this, you know, uh, talking about a mercurial life and also talking about, you know, a, 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 a way for gardens, you know, that was one way, um, when Eli was writing that song, he had noticed that her friends had recently been married and, and have a child and they have a garden and, you know, they have this kind of settled life, that they, they that they're able to do that you know it's it's i wouldn't say it's like a boring life or whatever but there's like and, but i also i wouldn't say it's a life with purpose like i don't know i'm i'm experiencing that right now as far as like um you know uh, 
finding weight in my day, you know, where it is and, and feeling connected and feeling a part of it. Like, I don't know, like, I, you know, I having a disruption like like tour or, or something like that happen. You know, it, it sounds exciting, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of different, I don't know, ramifications or ways it's going to impact. And and I don't I don't know, like maybe I'm just scared or prudent. Or prudish about the whole entire thing. How much I, of Baby Island is married? Um, two thirds. Two thirds. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what your I call them agreements. They're not really rules. I could I could make it sound like uh, my wife has a, a tight leash on me, and, and she she doesn't. But the way that that you respect your partner is you don't just deliberately you know well, fuck you I'm gonna go do whatever I want to do you know it's not right. it's not how a relationship that's gonna, works that's not gonna last very long <laughs> right and your wife is more you know she if you went on the road on a tour she would be I think probably the least uh, trouble because she's a musician and if you got an opportunity like that she would I think she would not knowing her, but knowing the mentality would be like, let's do this. She'd probably want to go with you, right? You'd think, but at the same time, like she's not a participating uh, uh, entity in this group. She's not, she's not a quote Yoko unquote. No, 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 nothing like that. But I mean, I still don't like that. I still don't like that. The Yoko thing. I mean, I mean, for for the uninitiated, like if, if you've never, I mean, unless it's like, if, if, if you're the one who's on tour, who's in the band, who's playing, it's exciting. If you're the one who's on tour with the person who's playing, but you're not playing, it's not very exciting. Well, yeah, like, how would you, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't want to, like, go, like, especially, like you said, like, as a musician, just, you know, you, you, I would be like, dude, I want to get on the fucking stage, you know? like Right. And, and honestly, the, the way we worked it out with, with significant others in, in, in relations or whatever on the road is like, yeah, I mean, everyone could have whatever time they wanted. Like, generally, it was kind of seen as a week. Like, if your si- significant other was going to be out on the road, be it no longer than a week. You know, because, I mean, it can kind of get to a point where it's a distraction. And the other person is bored, you know, because, I mean, there's, there's a lot of hurry up and wait. You know, yeah. you're yeah. traveling and then and then you get to a town and you're there for like, you know, anywhere from eight hours to 12 hours to whatever. And then depending on where your next show is, like you're leaving at two o'clock in the morning and you're driving all the way in the night through, you know, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not Led Zeppelin. It's not your private plane, you know, champagne and caviar kind of situation, you know, well, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, not yet. Right. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever going to like reach that again with rock and roll. I think they that definitely nir- that will. Nirvana. I think that ship has sailed, man. That ship I do too. I do not. I believe. I believe that that's attainable. I believe that celebrity's still there. Uh, you know. I believe celebrity's still there. I just think within the genre of rock and roll, or should we say, good rock and roll, which or even like I mean, even like guitar music. I mean, yeah. I have this. I have this ongoing. You know, like, do you think guitar music is dead? Like, do you think guitar music is dead? Jim or, or Travis, I mean, like, do you think guitar orientated rock is like? Well, I don't know. I just, I, well, I just, I, I just heard this killer album by this band called Baby Island. So obviously, ah! no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that your point is relevant. You're, you're, what you're describing about music and how it's played and how we're consuming it, and what you know, the fact that you can get on a computer and make music and take clips and riffs and cut it up and even if you're not talented necessarily in playing an instrument you can still manufacture music and that has become 
uh, it feels like that's how it's being created today. So you could make an album, Jim. Yeah. Well, there you go, huh? Yeah. Why not? I mean, there's all the, the, there's there's distribution. There's CD Baby and Bandcamp. I mean, you know, you can you could do it if you really wanted to. I I, I, I could I could I don't see that. I, honestly, really. I'm 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 championing Jim needs to release a solo album. Yeah, I mean, that'll yeah. be great. I'm right there with you. If you're championing it, I'll, I'll be your deputy deputy on this endeavor. You heard it first, folks. Jim <laughs> Hamilton, James Hamilton, solo album coming out uh, fall of 2017. It's going to be great. It's going to be rad. I, I have such stage fright that I'm right now breaking into an immediate nervous sweat. <laughs> Even just even just thinking about being on stage. But that's the great thing, though. You could just do it all from your basement. And then, like, when you do a live show, just get in front of a computer, wear, like, a giant fucking, like, gorilla mask or some shit. Yeah, people think you're great. When we're all done with this show every night and we produce it and I have to hit the upload button, uh. I always am thinking to myself, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> like you're fucking like pressing the button to like drop it on Nagasaki or something just, like it's just it's it's embarrassing it's I, I I think that it's 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 you know when you when you do anything and you put it out there for other people I don't think yeah the, the people that consume it realize that it's a it's just a little tiny piece of you and you're like here I want to share this with you you should know though that I'm incredibly embarrassed by it and for the most part won't accept any compliments or don't want to talk about it it's like uh you know a pair of shoes that i'm wearing that i don't want you to tell me about like i know i'm wearing them let's just ignore it yeah exactly i've got this uh person at work uh that's just constantly like you know i see her once a week and it's always on mondays and every monday how's your show going how's your show what are you doing what did you talk about have you ever considered this this and i'm like i I, I don't can we not talk about that please like (laughs) you know like neither of us even let our family know like we we don't not not at first. Then like some of my like nephews hacked into the beta or uh, nephews um cousins, they hacked into our beta. And then so next thing I know, it was like oh shit, cats out of the bag. I've got a lid on it still. I got a couple family family members that have been listening, but for the most part, you know, even yeah, on my the, wife's side, they're like, you have a podcast? I'm, no, I don't. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Just, yeah, the lid blew right the fuck off for me. So an album so. is not happening over here. <laughs> So, yeah, I can't have, like, you know, we can't, like, have you here and uh, do a music show without, like, geeking out music with you a little bit. Um, sure, sure. I mean, so for you guys, we Mark and I grew up uh, Phoenix, Arizona, um, met in middle school, seventh grade. And, uh, you know, so we're about 12, 13 years old. And it was first period, first day of seventh grade, science class, you know. And, um, you know, I don't remember if it was a signed seating and they put us next to each other. Yeah. And, um, when you're that age and especially the time it was when music was very much kind of who and what you were by what type, I, maybe it's still, I think maybe it's still that way. Uh, but even more so at that age, um, you know, we struck a pretty strong bond and just our entire group of friends actually, um, it was crazy, so I can't help but like want to geek out with you because I, I remember the first, you know, we were like, "Dude, you listen to Megadeth? <laughs> <laughs> Love Megadeth. Rust in peace, man. Rust in peace, dude. Fucking a two Lamont. If that isn't a fucking, ba- <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I mean, I mean there, were, there were there was euthanasia, there was countdown to extinction, like yeah, like Megadeth was a 
That was a that was a that was one of my favorites. Favorite yeah. favorite song, Megadeth. I want to. What's yours? Oh, I, I I mean, just for me, just because of the Mark factor, it was always a two Lamond. Okay. Yeah, I know. I remember that. Yeah. It was like Dave Mustaine like singing all in French. Yeah. Tout le monde, tous mes amis. <laughs> I mean, like favorite Megadeth song. It might have been like "Skin of My Teeth" or something off of "Countdown to Extinction." Like, really? I thought you were a Rust in Peace guy. Yeah. No, Rust in Peace was good, and oh. and um, Peace sells, but who's dying? And a bunch of other tunes. Like, yeah, like Megadeth was like one of my first like. You know, and, and I was really into Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. I wasn't a Nirvana fan until after Kurt died, you know, like, yeah. but I was like, you know, I was really into a lot of like thrasher metal type stuff, you know? Yeah, like, same here. Like, like Jim's just giving me this look like right now, like you guys fucking listen to Megadeth. I'm proud of you. Oh, yeah, I'm Jim. You. Yeah, Jim. We listen to Megadeth. Good yeah, morning, Black Friday was my song. <laughs> That's my favorite Megadeth song. Right I was wondering if you guys would say it, but you didn't. Whatever. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, like, yeah, like when you're like, you know, young, teenage, you know, preteen, teenager. That's so funny. Preteen for us, like back then, we're like, you listen to Megadeth. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, and also, like, you know, Travis had the Aerosmith t shirt, the Weezer t shirt. Yep. Aerosmith was my first rock show. This is the first time I smelled pot. Um, <laughs> collective soul open form. That's how, like, I kind of like got to liking collective soul because collective soul open for Aerosmith, and that was yeah seventh grade. That was my first rock concert, and I remember like smelling the smell, and I was like, and I was with my like mom and her boyfriend at the time. I'm like, mom, what's that smell? It smells kind of good. And she's like, that's marijuana. Don't you like that or something? Like, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, mom, yeah, yeah, you're right. It smells awful. I think I'm gonna try that. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't you like that? Yeah, don't you like it? Well, now I'm really gonna try it, Mom. <laughs> and then uh, what? Yeah, Weezer. I went and saw Weezer. So uh, with our buddy Keith, and um, that was the first show I ever went to alone. What the fuck was that club called down in uh, Phoenix? It was like um, was it, uh, uh, the 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 electric ballroom. The electric ballroom. That was it. Yeah, it was Weezer at the electric ballroom. Archers of Loaf opened for him in this band called Ludafisk. And I remember me and Keith, like, Keith and I, excuse me, Keith and I, uh, lost our shit, like, over the drummer from Ludafisk. Then when Archers of Loaf came on, like, everyone was just booing them because they weren't fucking rock, you know? And uh, I remember Keith and I started getting into it. And then, like, this chick just looked at us like, you know, you shouldn't boo them. They're just playing their songs (laughs) or something. And, like, I remember I kind of felt guilty for booing Archers of Loaf. And then later, as I grew up, like, that's actually a really fucking good band. <laughs> fucking, you know. But I'm 13. It's my first concert, you know, on my own. So I'm seeing, like, all the other dudes there, you know, just kind of like, oh, okay, this is what we do at a concert, right? Right? Okay, we boo the band that's not rocking the most. <laughs> <laughs> and so then um, Weezer came on, and they took Keith and I, and they, like, pushed us off to the side of the stage, but it was cool. They gave us like this own space because back then that's when moshing was sort of at its sort of like the, the apex of its controversy because there were people dying from the mosh pits. And so they saw these two little 13 year old guys out there and they're like, uh, why don't you come over here? And at first we were like, no, fuck you, man. I can handle mosh pit. You know, that's what I came here to do. I wanted to mosh. And they ended up like sitting us towards like almost like on the side of the stage. And we just had this unhindered view right at Weezer 
right up close, and it was during the uh, the first tour, the Blue Album tour, and that was fucking awesome. I remember coming back to school, yeah, and just being like, guys, guys, holy shit. <laughs> Do people still mosh? That's a good question. Um, I guys, think I think mosh is starting to make a comeback. Is mosh making a comeback? Mark? I mean, I, I actually was listening to a story about uh, a guy being in a Japanese mosh pit. Well, of and course, like, they're still moshing over there. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like well, the best part is like he was in this mosh pit and he was rocking around, and then he lost his glasses. And as soon as he like, <laughs> guys, he, guys, like, stop the show. <laughs> right. Well, no. Here's the best part, trap. Like, like he lost his glasses. He goes underneath. The whole show stops. There are like twelve lights underneath him, and these guys have created a barrier. And these guys, I mean, fellow moshers, like they created a barrier around him so he could find his mangled glasses. And one of the guys was like, "Are you okay?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And then the mosh pit continued after that. Like, no way. They, they were like so like proper and like helping him <laughs> like to like find. You know, well, he was talking about you know. You know, and he said after that when the guy was kicking him in the back of the neck and the head and climbing up on him, like he took that guy and he threw him across the room, and that guy looked at him and he smiled. You know, <laughs> well, now remember this is a culture though, like you know where suicide is commonly accepted, and if you actually go to jump off the bridge, someone will hold your coat for you while you jump off the bridge. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Two years ago, I had almost the same thing happen to me in the mosh pit for Dropkick Murphy, where I lost my glasses and they were mangled. And although the show didn't stop, the pit did stop to give me the pieces of my glasses back. <laughs> so the mosh pit has been uh, yeah, I think it's a good group. I think we've learned our lessons since the 90s. It's... Uh, the Wall of Death is the new thing. Have you ever seen this live? The Wall of Death? The Wall of Death. How about you, Mark? You know what I'm talking about? Well, no, I mean, I mean I've never been into, like, going to a show as, like, any kind of, other than, like, seeing the band and getting really psyched on the band or whatever. I have to say, I've to- honestly never been in a mosh pit. That yeah, was the closest, the Weezer been, show was the closest I came, and they pulled us out. Yeah, yeah. Well, they pulled like, us no, out the before they started. Jim, like, what, what's that all about? Yeah, like, what is a wall of death? They literally, the, the band kind of orchestrates it sometimes. It's premeditated by, you know, Twitter, social media, or whatnot. But literally, the entire floor divides. One goes to one side, the other goes, you know. And they, okay. at the sign of somebody in the middle, drops a flag like a drag race, and both crash into each other full speed all these people you can see it on youtube it's It's, crazy it's like it's like a giant retarded game of red rover where everyone (laughs) just comes on over at the same time visually though it's crazy (laughs) i mean it's like yeah it's probably like watching a fucking medieval battle well uh we appreciate you being on the show we are way way over and even (laughs) if you're gonna have a lot of fun editing this one uh, you know actually i try to keep it as as garage as i can just because i mean this is kind of these are the dipshits that we are it's just just (laughs) the way it is but uh thanks man i really appreciate you coming on yeah thanks mark uh, we'll let you, um, I, yeah, I love when life attacks. So thanks for very much for having me. I was Travis McFalls. I was James Hamilton. And I'm Mark Bizarre. Thanks for listening. Why don't you follow us on Twitter at when life attacks or Facebook when life attacks podcast, or you can look directly at our blog, which is when life attacks 
where you can view our complete list of social media. If you prefer to keep it simple, you can just email us at whenlifeattacks at gmail.com. Rockstar sperm for sale! Rockstar sperm for sale! Pretty slow. I know, god damn it, it blows. Oh, hey man, can I get a uh, cup of sperm? Sorry, dude. It's just for the ladies. We're trying to spread our seed. Oh, that's cool. It's just I'm a collector, so I would have. A collector? Yeah, I got Roy Orbison's sperm. I got Huey Lewis's sperm. I would have loved to, you know, add it to the collection, but. Uh... No, dude, totally. That's cool. Oh, right on. Yeah, man. Take Thanks, easy, dude. Man. Dude's cool. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs>